Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Bruskin. I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to Get Out the Vote Weekend. Robert Craig, our Executive Director, is with us. Robert, good to have you. Good to be here. Uh, we're in the home stretch here. Uh, I guess we'll see how we feel next week, but uh, the last Battleground Wisconsin before the latest big nationally important election in Wisconsin. Yeah, and of course, that means we're going to focus almost entirely on the election. We have a ton of election news, election-related news. Um, but uh, yeah, Robert, it is the final final week of the election. It is get out the vote time. And I'm just going to start the show by saying I've been a, sort of a broken record on this, urging people to, you know, really discover your own agency in this election. And Robert, we're going to talk about it. The Marquette poll essentially has <laughs> come come to the conclusion we said at the very beginning that this is going to be a dead heat. And both of these races appear to be a dead heat. Robert, I'll get your comments on the new Marquette poll. But look, folks, this is all about turnout. This election is all about turnout. And so we matter immensely. We'll talk about it more on the show, but folks, you got to get out. You got to get involved. Please come out and knock doors, make phone calls. And if you can't do either of those, please support and donate to those who are. Um, we will be having significant get out the vote activities, both phones and doors all weekend in Milwaukee. Our office will be open basically um, pretty much 10 a.m. all day on Monday and Tuesday. You can come on in. We'll hook you up and send you out, uh, getting pushing folks out to vote uh, or get you on phones. But please, please, please get involved. And if you are in other parts of the state, uh, check our links. We have activities in a number of areas. Robert. The latest Marquette poll came out just yesterday. We record Thursday morning. Marquette poll comes out Wednesdays, usually around 12, 15, 12, 30. And again, Robert, not very shocking. Um, both races are essentially tied amongst likely voters. Uh, the governor's race is essentially actually a statistical tie. And uh, Mandela Barnes went from down six a couple weeks ago to down two, which as Charles Franklin describes, folks, this is a statistical tie. It's all about turnout. Robert, Marquette Paul, your thoughts. I think it's been a tile along. They don't talk to the same voters, so this doesn't measure movement. They do a sample. This could be a slightly different sample than the last one. It could there could have been no change, okay? It's always been a tie, partly because polls have to guess what the constituency electorate would be. Second, the error rate has increased dramatically, and it's a little hard to credit their margins of error. In fact, the New York Times' Nate Cohen has an interesting uh, piece in the New York Times right now that there was never the promised autopsy by the polling industry of what went wrong in 2020, and they're trying to fix it by paying people to take surveys in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's their test case. They've mailed out $5 bills and you get other 20 if you return it and they're getting a very high response rate. But the, we won't have this results until after the election. But I'm just saying, folks, I think it's been a tile along. 
And I think you'll notice that there's all this hand wringing about, you know, Mandela might have been too close to the left and that's the problem. I'm sorry, Tony Evers gained no advantage out of being in the in the most moderate conservative wing of the party. And he's only a plus one with independence. So, I mean, this is just a, a race that's mostly about base turnout, folks. Mm -hmm. And it's about what we turn out through every mechanism possible between now and Tuesday. And I mean, this has been historically the case that you go from a presidential election to what this year is called a off year from a presidential non-presidential turnout drops and it in some cases can drop fairly significantly um lately that drop has been not as large and there is a expectation and i would argue for us as progressives we need to hope that turnout is very high and particularly very high in certain areas, right? Areas where we have organizing opportunities, turnout opportunities. These are obviously Milwaukee, Dane County, um, all uh, lots of cities throughout the state. It's important that we get out progressive voters. So please, please volunteer. We have links here attached to the podcast uh, where you can uh, find different opportunities around the state. Robert, I want to move off the polling, move off of that, and, and talk about this more broadly. President Biden uh, gave a speech just, just yesterday evening uh, around the threat to democracy and tried to, I would argue, put into broader context and perspective what this election's about. Robert, I have been, I think now <laughs> for almost two years saying the first election after the insurrection. And I believe this is really what this speech was about and putting that in context. Um, your thoughts on Biden's remarks and um, whether they'll be effective and helpful. The interesting thing about the reporting on this speech is it was not some sort of strategy based on polling that was pushed upon Biden by his uh, advisors. Um, that he felt in his gut there's something wrong and that he had an obligation as president to stand up and say it. And he may have been, you know, pushed in part by this, the grotesque response to what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband and the threat to the speaker herself, the most threatened and hated figure. Police agree, by the way, this is that she's threatened, most threatened because uh, she has power because she's vilified by the Republican Party and the right, which they came to do, and because she's a woman. And, you know, the Capitol Police apparently weren't monitoring their video feed. They went, they noticed that there were, uh, later there were police cars and, and big spotlights. So they found out after the police had already arrived. Uh, but the point is, I mean, you had Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson questioning whether it was an inside job, whether the window was broken from the inside. You know what? The Capitol Police tape shows quite the contrary. Uh, no retractions from any of these people. But the point is, there's also, you know, threats, you know, the, the, of, you know, the denialism people trying to get in the way of the election in a lot of ways. And we don't know what's going to happen if it's a close race in Wisconsin with Ron Johnson hiring uh, the the same law firm that that did that tried to execute the fake electors scheme to, to steal democracy. So the point being here, this and this is what you have been saying. You convinced me of this, Matt. So like a sports talk show, you know, admit it. 
The polling doesn't say this is the top issue. I don't know. They don't have a good way. They're not very good at measuring an underlying unease. And the other problem is when you say is there a threat to democracy, it mixes the voter integrity, you know, lack of a lack of a credibility of the vote, the big lie on the Republican side and everyone else's concerns together. And we have a massive, we have an increasing supermajority of Republicans who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent or had huge problems, which is a, a lie. So I think that it might well be, Matt, that they can't measure it and that pe- that behavior at the polling booth is going to be different than we think. We can't rely on it, but I think that yeah. this could be a shocking result that people say it's inflation, say it's crime, but they can't pull the trigger for the insurrectionist candidates when it comes down to it. Robert, did you 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 regularly watch the Sunday morning shows? I I have no idea. I haven't asked you this. Did you watch Meet the Press this week? I missed that one. I saw well, this week. You know, it's it's a very mainstream. I would call it maybe slightly center left uh, show. Uh, it was, it was unbelievable just in terms of the hosts absolute like shock at what had happened over Pelosi that Trump and that the, the way the Republican party had responded, but essentially just trying to say this election is all about January 6th and the insurrection and what's going on and what's happened and the denialism and whether you um, support the idea that the election was stolen and it's everything it's fundamentally important. And, you know, he kept asking everybody whether they thought that this was an important issue, because to me, it's the defining issue in the election. And unfortunately, you know, we'll we'll talk more about this after the election, but you know, crime has come in as a substitute for what people should be fearing. And unfortunately, I think if you really ask people what are you more afraid of or what are you concerned about the basic threat to your democracy or your your physical safety, I think more people would talk about their deep concern around, especially voters who vacillate around the threat to democracy. But we live in an election where TV ads and digital ads and what we're swimming in define it. And crime has definitely been the thing we've been swimming in. So as opposed to really, it's pushed away, I would argue, the effect of hearings, they've sort of washed away in people's fear around crime. So I think it's important. I thought it was very important and powerful that Biden spoke to it because I think it is, it's the elephant in the room. And I think we need people as they go into this election centered on that. When we come back from break, we're going to talk more about why it's so important. Tim Michaels, Robert, this week just essentially said in all the fears that people have about these mega Republicans not respecting democracy and the outcomes of our election. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin where citizen action. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin, Robert. This week, Tim Michaels on Monday at an event that I'm sure he thought was a closed event, probably not going to go public, basically told the crowd if he's elected, you needn't worry that a Republican ever lose an election in Wisconsin again to great applause. 
uh, Robert, this is um, this is what everyone fears. And again, hearkening to our conversation right before what President Biden was speaking to, right? This on this lawlessness, Robert. Tim Michael's comments are not getting a lot of press here. Uh, not a lot of media attention in Wisconsin, uh, but the national media has picked up on it. Uh, and of course, Up North News here has uh, definitely done a great job of getting the video out. Uh, Robert, your thoughts on this? Yeah, and it's all over cable news, but major news outlets have covered it. The Guardian, Washington Post, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's very strange what is the uh, what? What's the Wisconsin media silence? Have they decided that the uh, you know the the black zone, you know, where they black out, you know, for things that could change the election is occurring? You know, in this case, since it occurred a Monday night, eight days before the election, how do they think that that they believe Tim Michaels's alibi? And of course, it's what he says is he'll do such a good job. A Republican never lose another election in Wisconsin. Now, let's stop and just think about that for a second, okay? Tommy Thompson, for example, in an era of less polarization, could have won probably four or five terms, right? When he became a cabinet secretary in the middle of his fourth term, I believe, uh, or third or fourth. Anyway, uh, that's really hard now, but I don't think even then we thought that that ended Democratic competition after Tommy Thompson left. It was about the one person, Right. So it's a little hard to credit that response. And the other reason it's hard to credit is where Tim Michaels has been. Tim Michaels went and kissed the ring to get the Trump endorsement. It's very well documented. The Trump endorsement in primaries was dependent upon election denial. And Trump is calling candidates and saying, you're not talking about the stolen 2020 election enough to them uh, right now at this moment. And secondly, that Michaels... uh, he has refused to commit. I mean, he has said that he's open to trying to decertify the 2020 election. Very strange equivocal position. He tried to take kind of a equivocal position on the Wisconsin Election Commission and say that he would fire all the commissioners and reappoint them. That got groans from his audiences. And then he said that he would abolish it. And then he would come out a plan, which he has not come out with. It certainly highly suspicious. And he has a Secretary of State candidate, the Republican, saying that if Amy Lautenbach gets to be Secretary of State, uh, they'll, they can transfer the powers over to a partisan Republican to control the next election. Uh, so within this context, the they'll well, when he thinks he's in private, the GOP will never lose again. It sounds like this should be headlines everywhere, unless I am missing something or reporters are privy to something I don't know. I'm talking about the I, reporters. Robert, I think I think some of it has to do with his response and their wanting to be, again, they often choose to not to weigh in into some of these conflicts. Now, look, fortunately, the news is out, as you've pointed out, and we need to keep in. It's why we're talking about it. We want to make sure everybody knows about it and you're able to talk about it. Uh, the news did get out, though, and uh uh, kudos to SEIU, who who really worked hard on making sure the news got out about uh, Tim Michaels' firm having zero African-Americans in management. And folks, this is not some small operation where we're talking about like, oh, maybe a crew of, you know, 
five or 10. This is a large, this is the largest construction company. It's one of the largest contractors uh, with the state in terms of doing road work. And in an industry, Robert, that has long been dominated by white males disproportionately and has often locked out folks of color from the opportunity that the trades presents. And here we have management, which is the epitome of like opportunity. And if you're locked out of it, uh, lack of access, this is absolutely devastating to me that uh, they would have zero uh, folks of color, uh, you know, African-Americans within their management leadership. And their response is appalling. They both sort of blame the broader, the broader uh, industry <laughs> within which they operate, which is a joke, uh, since there are plenty of uh, much more diverse uh, uh, companies than this. But uh, Robert, they're also response that uh, they're efforting, they're looking hard, right? Like, it's just unbelievable. Uh, but not, I guess, if you consider who Ron, who, who Tim Michaels is and the kinds of, you know, ads and appeals he's been making. Robert? Yeah, I mean, it's a comp it's an industry that's heavily white and male, but it doesn't, what, what, what the way we should see it rather than, you know, so the supposed progressive litmus test is to say it shows a lack of concern or effort. And it's costing him business. It cost him a contract in Urbana, Illinois, where they seem to have a really good Equal Opportunity Commission that actually evaluates all bidders. Uh, so it just tells you, I think we could have known this, you cannot rely upon him to do anything to have an equitable Wisconsin. We have gross, not only economic equity growing, but economic equity based on race and the worst racial disproportionate you know, economic and health well-being between blacks and whites of any place in the country, uh, or one of the very worst, you could go back and forth with a couple states there, but very bad. So I think that's the key thing. And I do wonder, Matt, whether the Milwaukee General Sutton thought we can't run that and do the democracy thing. And I just want to say about that, I think you've been right all along that the top issue in this election has been the threat to democracy, the insurrection. This is the biggest story. Inflation is not the biggest story because it's a lie that the Democrats did anything to cause inflation. I'll debate anyone on that. Same with crime. There is no real reason to believe that democratic policies caused a crime surge. There is reason to believe that Republican Party as currently constituted is setting up to control elections so they always win and to name the name the president in 2024. There is abundant evidence of that. This is the top story. And I want to say newspapers get special constitutional protection because they're supposed to be a key part of democracy, the quote unquote, fourth estate. So I'm just saying that the Journal Sentinel has been silent on this story, on this saying the quiet part out loud in, in what he thought was a private audience, Tim Michaels. It's a scandal. Okay, so I'm going to be stronger about no. that. What Michael's did, the lack of diversity in Michael's firm, it just tells you that they're going to run this, that run this like it's the 1980s, right? That, that there's no notion of a changing state where uh, a supermajority of this state wants an opening, diverse, inclusive state. Tim Michaels clearly doesn't get that. He's from an older age at a, at a, at a, at a much worse one. Robert, we're going to 
change gears just a little bit before we go to break. I would like you uh, to talk a little bit about the Affordable Care Act open enrollment period, because uh, this is really important. And it just started November 1st. Healthcare is absolutely critical. There were significant changes to improve who actually can get access and what kind of plans you can have access to uh, in the most recent Congress. And um, you have a this open enrollment period, which goes until January 15th. Uh, this is a very important period, and we really want to encourage people to sign up. And we also want to encourage people to talk to the, talk to your friends, your neighbors, as the holidays come up about, especially if folks you know are struggling with access to health care, that they need to relook during this open enrollment at what they might be eligible for. Robert, uh, educate our listeners, please. And this is this is this has huge personal impact because a lot has been done to make healthcare there, even if you don't have good insurance at work. ACA covers all the folks who don't or will not. Ron Johnson has said that that very few people are signed up for the ACA marketplace at, at any time. You all have a right to it, and you may need it in your whole work career if you ever need to separate from your job. And with a lot of a lot of reasons, people need to do that or want to do that for a period of time, and then they're vulnerable on health care. One of the things the filibuster and the last two conservative Democrats in the Senate have foisted upon us, is, and it's harmed us in the election grievously, is that by saying you uh, sustaining the filibuster, we had to put jam all these great popular policies into one big complicated bill that's not understood. If they were like in the bad, good old days, passed one by one, you'd know who was for and who was against. And so there's a real risk here. Not only that people won't vote on this, it's highly popular, but that a lot of people won't realize that they fixed the problems with the original Affordable Care Act that was put in by the austerity craze in the Obama administration and some senators like Max Baucus and made the tax credits much better. So this is much more affordable health care and is available guaranteed to everyone. They can't deny coverage. They can't deny coverage or charge more based on pre-existing conditions. So please, if you need health care and you're not Badger eligible, and by the way, the HLA is lower in Wisconsin because of our, you know, shockingly immoral Republican uh, majority in the legislature, then please, during open enrollment, sign up. The other thing is if we ever get control again, if we had a state exchange, we could have more open enrollment time. This is another thing Republicans have done to us. So you only have this window now to sign up. Folks. With that, we got to take a break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Robert, I need to talk to you about We Energies. I know it is not something that I had on the list of topics when we walked in, but there's, there's a very important public hearing that is occurring uh, Thursday evening. And so when most of you, by the time you listen to this, it will have happened, but it is a public hearing related to the We Energy's rate hikes. We have talked about this on the last two shows and I don't want it, us to go a, a show without you mentioning it and reminding folks that We Energies is attempting to basically screw over uh, residential 
payers and disproportionately folks who are lower income uh, with an insane 13 and 13, I think, for electricity or something and like 13.8 or nine for gas. Robert, remind folks and why um, uh, events like this uh, public hearing at Washington Park are super important and why people need to get engaged in this. Uh, this is the first time in a very long time, maybe the 80s, that a rate increase has become highly controversial. And it's because of uh, we're part of a coalition, but the great work, uh, the group that actually intervened in the case, Walnut Way, a community group for the Lindsay Height Group's neighborhood of uh, Milwaukee on the north side, and a predominantly African-American neighborhood. So they've done a great job. They've gotten a lot of support. There's a lot of technical capacity out there in the environment and other places that we've been able to draw upon. Uh, and so they're questioning the whole premise that we have this massive rate increase we already have unaffordable prices for low-income people, and it maps the uh, red lines and the old real estate red lines in Milwaukee. That is, the people with the, who were forced into the oldest housing had the lowest incomes, and that is, Black people get it the worst, Latinx community the second worst, and anything over 6% of income, it's very high. People really shouldn't pay more than 2% of their income for utilities. Anything over six is considered completely unaffordable. Like you won't be able to make rent or pay for food. It is 6% in huge parts of the north side of Milwaukee. And it is, uh, depending on your income, uh, up to 10, 15, and even 20% of your income. And now they want an over 13% increase. They started with 6% and they doubled it. They doubled it, Matt, in order to go along with a Industry trade organization demand uh, association demand that industrial companies com customers pay even less. So they're we're now going to incentivize manufacturing, which Northside folks don't necessarily have access to, right? Uh, it, it on the backs of these of 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 the po the poorest among us, and we're going to cause massive evictions, foreclosures, uh, bankruptcies, everything else, right? I mean that's already happening. They make it worse. Now, I was forced, because a number of elected officials contacted me yesterday, wanting to know what they should say, to dig a little more, you don't know this, Matt, so you were prescient, into the actual legal arguments and the filings. And what I didn't know, I mean, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, quantified that I knew. Uh, what I didn't know is that the main we Energy's public relations point, that their community, ubiquitous communication director, Brandon... Um, Forgotten his last name, Brandon Conway. Conway, yes, Irish name. Uh, former journalist, I, former uh, news yeah. reporter here in at uh, WTMJ. So again, repeats. well, Brandon compete repeats, and their press releases repeat, and their and their CEO, uh, Mister Clapta, uh, uh, repeat over and over again that this is so they can make renewable energy investments that they have to make. Well, number one, they're dragging their feet and they're not going to meet the climate targets. I, we've already said this. We've said two, they're trying to make it massively centralized so they control it and profit from it and denying people things like energy efficiency and uh, and uh, actually rooftop solar because they don't make money off of that. They, there's less energy uh, that, that needs to come from We Energies using their monopoly for that. But the claim, and Clean Wisconsin shows this in their brief definitively, the claim that the, that they need this for their for their their proposed uh, renewable energy investments is false. The way the claim runs is this: 
They need higher profit levels. They have other terms for that. That's what it means. For current investors, in order to get cheaper capital in order to make those investments, there is, in terms of the science, no relationship between getting cheaper capital and your already high profit levels guaranteed for 10%. All this really, and it just doesn't, all this really does is enrich the investors and the stock owners of We Energies, which of course is all the managers because that's how they make their money in compensation and all their Wall Street backers. So this is really gross. I didn't realize that uh, that that claim that they'd even use these resources for a climate transition or needed it for solar fields and wind farms, that also is a, is a load well, of you know what. Robert, one of the reasons I brought this up is there was there's been some news that's come out in the last week around solar farms and increasing solar from two different utilities, We Energies and um, I can't remember, was it Alliant? I think it was Alliant, uh, yeah. Yeah. And could you help, I'm not the smartest on this stuff, educate us on the different approaches that that each of these are doing and how it impacts rate player, payers. You know, We Energy's approach for this 300, uh, $360 million to own 80% of a giant Illinois solar farm versus what, say, Alliance doing and how this fits into, like, basically We Energy's making bad decisions. You'll have to remind me of what Alliant does, because I, I don't want to misstate it off the top of my head. Um, I was, and I'm still trying to get further clarification on We Energies, but the the store, excellent story by the uh, energy reporter, business reporter uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says this, that they're buying majority uh, share in a central Illinois solar farm that is going to be built. And they're not going to transmit the solar up here. Uh, what happens is, is that they, then they, they just get capital loans to do this, okay? What happens is they get credits on renewable energy to meet their climate targets. So they will continue to burn the same amount of coal in, in Milwaukee and their rate area you know, because they won't they'll need the same amount of energy. Of course, that burning not only has a climate impact, it also kills people through air pollution. And that's disproportionately black and brown people who are and uh, so people with asthma, et cetera, et cetera. So people who are more vulnerable. And so I don't think people understand that they're just getting these kind of little brownie points for doing something that doesn't increase the amount of renewable energy and clean energy in Wisconsin one iota. Yeah, I look, I, I appreciate you taking time to talk about this because this is something we are going to focus more on with our partners. It is absolutely critical. As we make this transition what we energies does and how it operates is absolutely fundamental to to this transition and we got to get serious about it and it's a shout out to all the uh milwaukee groups in particular and again walnut wayne we want to thank uh, their executive director for uh joining us uh on a previous show for leading in this and it's critical that all of us as progressives and uh you know, start engaging in this and we've got a big fight with we energies this is going to be extraordinarily hard to take them on and beat a rate hike 
And it's not just about winning a rate hike, right? The rate hike is endemic of this broader problem that Robert just talked about in terms of their approach. Let me just add, uh, Walnut Way, Clean Wisconsin are asking for a different rate system. What yes. they're saying is that's important. Please first talk of all, about you that. need a tier, a lower tier for people who are very low income, so they don't have an energy burden that's unaffordable. Second, you have to actually incentivize uh, energy conservation, energy efficiency. Right now, We Energies denies it to those communities, so they'll burn more, you know, coal. This would say in essence, that you get more money if you meet energy efficiency benchmarks from having all of these homes get weatherized and get rooftop solar, et cetera, as much as possible. And you don't if you don't. So in other words, you actually change the economic incentives. So they have to actually do the right thing. And you make it affordable for the people who are at least afford to pay it. Because a lot of white folks in the Milwaukee area pay 1% of their income uh, for because they have energy efficiency, because they have higher incomes. So why would you have, it's like a flat tax. The way it is, is like the Tim Michaels flat tax, right? It's highly unprogressive and inequitable, the way the current rates. So look, we're going to keep talking about this. This is uh, vitally important, both in terms of saving the climate, how we make the transition, equity, how this impacts people, absolutely critical. And Robert, you um, your, your earlier conversation sniffed out something that's fundamental that uh, we're about here, and it's when power is unequitable, and we energies in the system of the PSC and the way it is structured is screwing regular people, and it has benefited commercial interests. The way this rate hike change showed who really has power within what is supposed to be set up something to help the public, and help all the folks of Wisconsin. So folks, we got to fight that's a basic fight about power, making sure regular people have a voice and a say in how energy is uh, produced, consumed, compensated, and who's paying the most. So Robert, thank you. We'll continue to talk more yeah, about and, this. And shame on the big corporation of Milwaukee that think that rates should be even higher for low-income people so they can get lower rates. Shame on them. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, be good junior partners with uh, a lot of the folks on the ground uh, who are leading this fight, but this um, this immediate fight around the rate hike and and looking at how rates are paid. But folks, we all got to engage across the state on I this mean, for all and, and have our eyes on all of our utilities and and, and how we're doing this. Robert, there'll be more news moving forward, not right away. That is, Walnut Way is taking the lead on the legal challenge in the rate case before the Public Service Commission. Their community group, uh, we have some some resources, they don't, right? A neighborhood association. So we are planning to put more pressure on We Energies over time. Uh, we'll be appealing to mem- our own members and others to be involved in that. So we will, we are not giving up on We Energies this at the beginning and we will be leaning into what we can bring to the table as a as a statewide grassroots group with a with an active membership. And with that, folks, we gotta take a break. You're listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin. Robert Ron Johnson. We are we we started the show by talking about how we're one week away from the election and one week away from possibly removing Ron Johnson want to t- you to talk a little bit about a video that um, we released this week, which um, 
I would say is case closed on Ron Johnson in terms of who he really is fighting for. And I would argue this is the fundamental, one of the fundamental things in the same way I've been saying, this is the first election since the insurrection. Fundamentally, what's wrong with Ron Johnson, and it's been this way since the beginning, is that he actually does not work on the behalf of regular folks. He works on the behalf of the billionaires. And by the way, Hendricks in the U-Lines, folks, over $30 million of racist, racist, trashy ads. That, Robert, tell them more about the video that we released this week and why it's really important for our listeners to watch it and share it. So if Milwaukee Journal Sentinel editorial board, which is really, you know, Gannett and USA Today Network these days was right, that he's also unfit and incompetent, the most incompetent setter that Wisconsin has had uh, probably since Joe, Joe McCarthy, uh, who was also incompetent, by the way, not just malevolent. So uh, and so as far as um, uh, Ron Johnson, we, we did this in his own words, right? He's not only unfit. He also doesn't even represent us. You know, if he was incompetent, but also, you know, voted right for average working people, then that would be a different matter. Still not good. This is even worse. And what's amazing is it's all in Ron Johnson's words. And the other amazing thing is we did 45 seconds. We could have done more. In other words, we could have done him on the, the not being afraid of the insurrectionists unless they've been Black Lives Matter people, then he would have been. We could have got him on the fake electors. We could have talked about his climate denial where he was taped. He didn't know it was public, just like Tim Michaels on democracy saying that climate change was, was BS, though he spelled it out. He said the whole word. And so we could have done that, but we uh, limited ourselves because you got to be brief in video. So we what we did here was in his own words, uh, what he actually represents, his claim we have player jobs in Wisconsin. It didn't matter if Oshkosh truck went and uh, after, you know, Wisconsin delegation got the fought for this contract uh, that just go do it non-union in South Carolina for cheaper. That was fine with Ron Johnson. So he's not for workers. He's for, you know, the corporate elite. Right. Um, he then. Um, He's virulently anti-abortion, has voted for various versions of national abortion bans and co-sponsored them multiple times, no matter what he says about referendums and trying to soften his position. Uh, yet he didn't think it's our job to care for children, for child care. In his own words, the video has the, has the audio. And then, of course, there is his infamous statement about putting Social Security and Medicare on the chopping block every year in the budget in order to save them, according to Ron Johnson. I mean, the best way to save something and make it safe is to make Congress approve it every year. That sounds, um, well, that's also why he's unfit. He can't even generate a good lie. Look, I, I keep mentioning Diane Hendricks and the Uline family because- I mean, who he just, does work for. They represent so well everything that this is about with him. Again, I, people, wrap your mind around the fact that Russ Feingold, when he ran, spent, I believe, he was in the low 20s, I think $20 million that his campaign spent in his last re-election, which was just six years ago, folks. These two combined have almost doubled what Russ Feingold spent. Two, three people, right? Three people running malicious, gross, 
racist, trashy, false lying ads in repetition, right? Helping define an election. Uh, it's just, and, and that the money they spent, as we talked about on a previous show, dwarfs what they received in a tax break that Ron Johnson curried for them in one year, right? So not only is this gross and bad for democracy, but they're being financially rewarded for this behavior, which is all about dividing us and triggering people around, let's just say it, our worst instincts, right? Our worst parts of us. And it's... um it's it's in many ways it's the most depressing part about this election but folks this gets us full circle to why it is so important our agency the way you fight back the only way we can right now as you're listening to this with four days to go right five days to go however many days to go when you're listening to this podcast the only thing that you really can functionally do is to talk to other voters between now and election day about why this election's important to you, why they need, and, and do it through us. We are targeting voters who may or may not show up. And we're still talking to people who can be persuaded and people are moving folks that Marquette poll for all the noise and stuff. It did. The one thing Franklin demonstrated was there were Democrats who came home, right. Who came back to Mandela, right. Which some of that, is pushing and cutting through our weaker, badder sides. And when you have these racist ads pushing against and maybe getting some people to come back home about really what matters to them, that happens in one-on-one -on -one conversations. And we need to do that. And so we have tons of opportunities. Please get involved. Please, if it's not with us, um, somebody else for our futures out there, they've got tons of sight. The Democratic Party has operations in all, all, all kinds of communities, but you've got to get out and talk to voters. It makes a difference. Robert, I know you've been out there talking to voters. I, I want you to share with our listeners, please, one conversation that you've had in the last month on the doors and you've been out talking to voters that you would share with our listeners that would help demonstrate that show to you why these conversations are so important. You know, we know that we get a 17% move rate, right? I'm just going to tell you the experience. It can be a little frustrating because really, if you're, we, we just need lots of people doing this. If you're walking for two and a half hours, you know, you have two meaningful conversations, you're doing well, which seems like, well, it isn't doing anything. No, actually, those are the only persuadable people in the whole area. And most of the others either aren't voting for sure or voting from one side or the other for sure. So we are looking for those people. And I would just say that it defeats the whole idea of the moderate wing of the party, kind of the 1990s view, that these are a bunch of in-the-middle moderates they are looking for the warm oatmeal. These are often folks, uh, and I, I don't know if I can give you one, but I'll just say characterize this, who are scared by the crime ads or the immigration ads, worried about inflation and, you know, Biden's president, so it must be his fault, the simpler argument, right? Um, and that's the natural inclination anyway, right? Something's going wrong in your watch, it's your fault, right? And then, um, but on the other hand, 
you know, are, des- are, are very concerned about their economic security, very concerned about the cost of prescription drugs, of health care, right, are very agitated if you talk to them about how over half of inflation is caused by excess profits. It is, it is extra corporate profits, which are at record level, much bigger. This is according to economists than anything any spending does. But all we hear on the airwaves, it, it, was, the, it was Biden's social policies that caused it. That's a lie. Most of the media isn't calling that out or, or citing uh, what the real research shows. In fact, um, what, I'll just say this. What happened is that Democrats guaranteed record employment during a difficult economic time, and then corporations decide to exploit it by raising their profit levels, and they caused a political backlash. But we can cut through that if we talk to people. I would just say we just need a lot of people doing it. We know there's a very close election. This is a proven methodology. We are not giving you some sort of fairy tale. We know that when you have a deep conversation, 70% of people move, right, Matt? Absolutely. We know that, and that is definitely true. So if you are fortunate to have someone who you're talking to who legitimately hasn't made up their mind, and I've talked to a couple of a number of them, right? It's a powerful conversation. The other conversations that I've had that are going to be really important this final weekend are folks who may not vote. I just, it was two weekends ago, I was down on the south side of Milwaukee in Luann Bird's district, and I knocked a door. I was a a 30-year-old that was uh, what they had ID'd, 30-year-old Latina woman, and I knocked the door, and her husband answered, 30-something-ish gentleman. He told me uh, when I asked for her that she wasn't available, um, but she was definitely going to vote. And I assume she was on my list because she probably maybe was an infrequent voter. He then proceeded to tell me that he wasn't. He wasn't even registered and that he didn't do that stuff. And so I said, well, tell me more about that. And I started talking to him. He then proceeded to tell me that his friends all make fun of Mandela Barnes around crime and cash bail. I was like, really? What do, what do you know about cash bail? What do you think about cash bail? He said, I have no idea of what it's about. And so I told him. You know, I talked, we had a conversation about cash bail with the non-voter who, when he found out that Mandela was really just about making sure that poor folks didn't sit in jail because for nonviolent crimes and, and offenses because they couldn't pay bail. He was like, oh my God, that sounds, that that's what it should be. He looked at me, said, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go vote. And we had a conversation. It was, so this these voters exist. Please do not believe that they don't and that somehow this is all done. It's not. Please get out and volunteer. We have links on the page, folks. It's an important election. Get out. Make sure you vote yourself. Please volunteer. And one other final thing. We are going to have a big Bucks watch party at our office in Milwaukee on Monday night at 7 p.m. If you want to come by after all your hard work. Uh, we'll have a good time. But folks, we got to roll. I want to thank our producer, Brian Wooldridge, who makes this and every Battleground Wisconsin happen. Folks, please get out, volunteer. We'll see you next week. We'll debrief. We'll talk about the whole thing here at the Battleground Wisconsin. <laughs>